Welcome to the Zen Crypto Show, where we explain cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology in simple terms, so you can feel comfortable interacting with crypto and investing in these exciting new digital assets. I'm your host, Sebastian Couture. In the world of cryptocurrencies, not everything is crazy price swings and volatility. Stablecoins are an important component of cryptocurrency markets because they provide crypto users and investors with a means to hedge against volatile markets, as well as a way to make payments reliably. In this episode, we explore stablecoins in three parts. First, we look at what stablecoins are and why they're useful. Second, we talk about the different types of stablecoins. And finally, we talk about the risks associated to stablecoins. Let's get started. Cryptocurrencies are known to be volatile, which is also why they're attractive to investors. A stablecoin is a cryptocurrency whose price is pegged to that of a reserve asset like US dollars or gold. This means stablecoins are a lot less volatile than typical cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Ether, Solana, Polkadot, Cosmos, and others. Stablecoins are cryptocurrencies that are designed to hold a certain relative value to something else. And typically, this is a fiat currency like the US dollar. In fact, most stablecoins today are US dollar pegged. Stablecoins provide some of the advantages of both fiat currencies, remember fiat means government-issued money, and the world of cryptocurrencies. One might say that stablecoins are a bridge between the worlds of fiat and crypto. They allow people to keep their money in the crypto ecosystem while storing it in a stable asset between trades or during volatile periods. And because stablecoins are cryptocurrencies, in that they exist on a blockchain, well, they have many of the advantages of Bitcoin, Ether, and other cryptos. They're open, global, and accessible to anyone on the internet 24-7-365. They're fast, cheap, and secure to transmit, and they're an attractive alternative to traditional banking. There are several popular stablecoins, like USDC, USDT, EuroT, and Tether Gold, just to name a few. You may have also heard of Terra Luna, a very popular stablecoin which collapsed in the spring of 2022. More on that later. So what can you do with stablecoins? Well, the main reason people use stablecoins is to protect against volatility. When trading volatile cryptos like Bitcoin or Ether, it can be useful to move into assets which are stable relative to reserve currencies, but with the advantage of not having to move money from a crypto exchange to your bank account, for instance. People also use stablecoins for savings. One does not need a bank account to use stablecoins, just a crypto wallet. In fact, you can use stablecoins with Zengo. In places where national currencies are subject to high inflation, people use stablecoins to protect their savings. In addition, many stablecoins offer yields on savings. And this is something that Zengo users can also benefit from in the app. For those who want to send money across borders, stablecoins can also serve as an alternative to the global remittance providers because they're faster, cheaper, and have fewer restrictions. In fact, whether you're sending $100 or a $1 million in stablecoins, 
the transaction fees should be just a few dollars. It's also possible to use stablecoins to pay for salaries and vendors. In fact, many companies in the cryptocurrency industry use stablecoins for payments. Stablecoins are an important component to the global crypto markets, and every day tens of billions of dollars in stablecoins are traded. And the vast majority of exchange platforms, whether centralized or decentralized, support stablecoins. Stablecoins come in many different flavors, and each has a unique mechanism which allows it to maintain a price peg with another asset. Broadly speaking, there are four families of stablecoins. Fiat-backed stablecoins, commodity-backed stablecoins, crypto-backed stablecoins, and non-collateralized stablecoins. Stablecoins that are backed or collateralized by fiat currencies are certainly the most popular. One fiat-backed stablecoin which is widely used is called USDC. This is a US dollar-backed stablecoin issued by a company called Center. And Center is a joint venture between the cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase and the cryptocurrency company Circle. For each new USD coin that is issued, there is an equivalent amount of US dollars in a bank account. A user can redeem their USDC coins for the corresponding amount in fiat from the reserves at any point. And at the same time, the equivalent amount of stablecoins are taken out of circulation. This is one of the simplest stablecoin designs. On one side, you have real US dollars in a bank account. And for each corresponding US dollar, there is a stablecoin in circulation on a blockchain. The advantage here is that there is real money backing the peg, which makes these types of stablecoins very safe. But on the flip side, because they're issued by a company, they're far less decentralized than other types of stablecoins, which some people may take issue with. Very similar to fiat collateralized stablecoins are commodity-backed stablecoins. As the name implies, they're backed by different types of commodities, such as precious metals, real estate, and oil. Commodity-backed stablecoins are far less common than those backed by US dollars, but one example is Digix Gold, which tracks the price of gold. Then there are stablecoins which are backed by cryptocurrencies. Now this certainly sounds counterintuitive. I mean, how can a volatile asset back a stable one? Crypto-backed stablecoins make use of a concept called over-collateralization. Essentially, they allow users to borrow US dollar stablecoins against their crypto. They're issued by a smart contract, which, remember, is a program running on a blockchain, and this means that crypto-backed stablecoins are decentralized. Crypto-backed stablecoins work similarly to a mortgage. With a mortgage, the borrower puts their house as collateral and are able to borrow money, and if the loan isn't repaid, then the bank is able to seize the house in order to pay back the loan. With a crypto-backed stablecoin, a borrower puts crypto as collateral, and the mechanism that issues the loan is able to seize that crypto should the loan ever default. Let's take an example. Assume one ETH is worth $1,000. A user could deposit that ETH into a smart contract that issues a stablecoin, and they could borrow $500 in a USD 
pegged stablecoin. So for the moment, that Ether is safely locked in the smart contract and only the user can redeem it. But they first need to pay back their loan if they want to do so. So looking at this example, we can see that the user borrowed 50% on their collateral because they borrowed $500 of USD stablecoins on a $1,000 collateral in ETH. We could also say that the loan has 200% of collateral. Now, what happens when the price of ETH starts to fluctuate? Let's say that over time, the price of Ether moves to $2,000. The initial loan of $500 would have even more collateral backing it. Now the user could choose to pay back some of that loan with their newfound wealth, or they could choose to leverage this collateral to borrow more US dollar stablecoins. But what if the price of Ether drops? let's say to $600, then we could run into some problems. When the ratio of collateral to borrowed assets begins to tighten, there's a risk that the collateral could be sold to the highest bidder at auction. This is called liquidation. So as the price drops, if the user wants to protect their collateral, they would either need to pay back some of the loan in US dollar stablecoin to keep that ratio of money borrowed to collateral above the liquidation threshold, or they could add more ETH as collateral. There are different types of crypto-backed stablecoins, but typically this liquidation ratio is somewhere in the range of 70 to 90%. So when using this type of stablecoin, it can be wise to make sure that one has a high enough collateralization ratio to protect against big price fluctuations and potentially getting liquidated. One popular crypto-backed stablecoin is DAI. It's the biggest crypto-backed stablecoin and was one of the first stablecoins in existence. And finally, we have algorithmic stablecoins, sometimes referred to as non-collateralized stablecoins. These have no reserves and no collateral backing them. They're really the wild west of stablecoin design. Each algorithmic stablecoin has a unique design, but typically, they use sophisticated algorithms that control the stablecoin's supply, such as the price maintains a peg to that of another asset, like the US dollar. Algorithmic stablecoins offer stability according to the tenets of market supply and demand. Some examples of algorithmic stablecoins are Ampleforth, USDD, and Terra Luna. And although they are the riskiest type of stablecoin, Algorithmic stablecoins feature the highest level of decentralization and independence. Now let's talk about the risks associated to stablecoins. And these will depend on the type of stablecoin we're dealing with. For stablecoins backed by fiat or commodities, the primary risk concerns the reserves backing the coin and maintaining the peg. The company that issues the coin and that holds the reserves in their bank account, well, they could either run off with the money or they could simply be lying about the fact that they have sufficient reserves to cover the stable coins issued in circulation. If this were to happen, this news would probably provoke a loss of confidence in the stable coin in question, which may cause the price of the peg to dip below $1. Of course, although it's possible, 
it's probably unlikely for this to happen for stablecoins like USDC and USDT. These are massive stablecoins representing tens of billions of dollars in assets. And the companies that issue these stablecoins are regulated with a lot of oversight and external auditing. Such a heist would certainly not go unnoticed. With crypto collateralized stablecoins like DAI, the risk is getting liquidated. This could occur if one's collateral falls below the accepted threshold, which would cause the borrower to lose their initial capital. Algorithmic stablecoins are where the risks are the highest. In late spring 2022, Terra Luna, which at its height was the largest decentralized stablecoin, infamously lost its peg, and as a result, countless people found themselves with coins which were meant to be worth $1, but suddenly worth $0.70, cents, $0.30, cents, and then practically nothing. The mechanism which was meant to keep the peg at $1 had a fundamental weakness, and when the market started losing confidence in that mechanism, it was a death spiral. And of course, as with any cryptocurrency project, there's always smart contract risk. This means that if there are any bugs in the code of these projects and that these bugs are found and exploited, investors' coins could be stolen or become worthless. This is a rare occurrence, but it certainly does happen. With the rising interest in stablecoins, many governments want to regulate these assets. And following the collapse of high-profile projects like Terra Luna and Facebook Libra, it's almost certain that governments around the world will pass laws meant to protect consumers. But these laws may also limit new innovative projects from coming to life. Stablecoins are an important part of the crypto market landscape. With the growing acceptance of cryptocurrencies and the steadiness they bring to investors, stablecoins play a crucial role in the crypto ecosystem. As a crypto investor, you can rely on stablecoins to provide a stable store of value in times of volatility. However, be aware that not all stablecoins are created equal. And in this new field of economics and computer science research, there are still many risks that users and investors have to account for. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Zen Crypto Show, which is produced by Zengo, where you can buy, sell, trade, and earn cryptocurrencies with mind-bending simplicity and safety. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and let us know what you learned by leaving a review. And if you'd like to suggest a topic for future episodes, email podcast at zengo.com. Until next time, stay zen.